0: Hello, and welcome to the 70s Weekly Countdown with Mark and Pete, a show where two friends review a randomly chosen American Top 40 episode from the 1970s, the most interesting decade in pop music. My name is Mark Robeck, and with me is my friend and co-host, Peter Gardo.
1: Hello, Peter. What's happening? Hey, Mark. So we've, uh, we're kind of out of the dark days of summer. Looks like we might get some, uh, some thunderstorms you know, as we record that's if we go like way long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you did you venture outside today? Yeah, cuz
1: today was garbage day, so I had to bring the cans out and bring them back in.
0: So uh, yeah. So it's uh yeah, it's quite humid out there. Do you remember well, I don't know in the town you grew up in, but in the inner, inner city where I grew up, they used to have the, the city workers actually take your barrels out and put them back in. This is when I was really young.
1: No, no, they did that in the town that you live now. They just stopped that probably twenty years ago, fifteen years ago. Yeah. But you could. I know that Stewart's up the street. You know, he was a big uh, executive at at uh, Connecticut General, showing our age. And (laughs) uh, the garbage truck would actually drive down his driveway.
0: Oh my god!
1: Pick them up, right? (laughs) And he had a driveway that had a hook in it. It wasn't like a straight in and out kind of thing, but it was that. Mr. Stewart was that uh, well off that he could have him do that. You know, we had to walk him out to the to the to the street. And my my father had one of those aluminum things where he put the steel cans in, you know, with the wheels.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I just remember it was all metal you know, trash cans back then. And they would just get banged up. Like <laughs> You wouldn't believe, you know. Yeah, they didn't yeah. But
1: they had a dog, this huge dog. The dog was name was Harper, and it was an outside dog, and they had a cage they built for him. And when Mr. Stewart would come home and he drove this big giant Buick, it was a brown Buick. And uh, he would he would uh get Harper and he would run down the street to the neck where the next street was. So maybe he was, you know, running, I don't know, a quarter of a mile, mm-hmm. maybe. And then he'd turn around and run back. And then he put the dog back in the, in the cage outside. <laughs> so that was, that was Harper. I, it was big, big dog. That was hairy. So, and <laughs> yeah. um, maybe my, maybe my older sisters would, would know because they had younger kids and they might've been babysitters for you know, the Stewart kids were probably four or five years younger than, than, than me. And I'm, I'm the youngest, but I haven't cut the grass in, in almost four weeks. Is that right? Wow. one two three yeah almost four weeks so uh-huh. i'm saving a lot of time you know uh, doing a lot of podcast
0: research instead of cutting the grass yeah, yeah that's, that's time consuming but then that. again
1: when i'm on the lawn tractor i listen to american top 40 yeah. so. <laughs> oh
2: there you right. go so, so right where, where <laughs> i
1: heard that that guy was in a in in the chamber and i thought it was michael Jackson or was Michael Johnson? Yes, (laughs) (laughs) or whatever.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Uh, efficient use of your time, anyway. So, so uh, anything going on with you? Nah, you know, I so I I spent a good part of the day actually uh, researching today's episode, and then I did a a abbreviated workout, and uh, that's about it. I'm playing golf tomorrow up in Massachusetts. Because uh, it's a little cheaper up there, actually. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, but
1: gas is still $5 a gallon. So, yeah, it might be
0: a wash yeah. when all is said and done. So, well, that's good.
1: Well, enjoy. Cause remember, we play golf uh, in about four or five weeks, right?
0: Yeah. The, the 20th is it? The 19th. 19th. Yeah. So, yeah. that's
1: uh, today's this
0: date. So, it's one, two, it's only three weeks
1: plus away.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's coming, coming up. July is almost over here. Alrighty, so as you can tell, uh, Pete and I have been friends for a long time, 30-plus years. We met in college and ended up working together, also for a long time. In each of these episodes, we'll review all 40 songs in the Chosen Weeks countdown and provide some factual information on each song, as well as our personal opinions, stories, and comments related to it. At the end of the episode, we'll provide our individual choices for best and worst song, A song that we think will torture the other guy that we've labeled the agonizer. And we'll give our individual A-plus through F-grade for the entire countdown. Since nobody has the exact same tastes in music, our opinions on individual songs may be controversial, but we otherwise intend to keep the conversation light, humorous, and hopefully entertaining. Remember, this is just a discussion, not a competition, so please no wagering. So today's episode is episode number 13
1: of the 70s weekly countdown with with mark and pete and it's from july 15th 1972 and the title is too late to turn back now we're in out of space (laughs) so what's interesting about this is that uh we uh in episode number three we also did uh uh 1972 from may 27th so this is uh this countdown is from seven weeks ago (laughs) From, from that point in time and there are 12 songs that are repeated which is kind of interesting because we talk about you know how later in time but then again we're gonna have to figure out how to get farther apart if we can yeah. you never know because it's all random yeah so uh so we have a bunch of repeats and a bunch of uh, artist repeats with different uh with different songs in the countdowns.
0: yeah so uh, what i'm trying to do at least with the repeats is either have a totally different comment either you know talk about the uh artist or or just well it, it'll be really abbreviated <laughs> we'll, we'll kind of move on and say yeah uh, refer to episode x <laughs> yeah so um what were you doing around this time in the middle of july 1972 got any documentation there uh,
1: yeah so I, I just pulled out the date book there's the date book <laughs> and on the You know, I, I, I just finished the first grade up. So, uh, uh, I was getting, I was prepping for this for the second grade, I guess. And, uh, you know, it was summertime, you know, you, you played GI Joe's and kicked the can in the neighborhood and you went to the pond. But at this point in time, we, we weren't going anywhere that that wasn't, uh, wasn't until, uh, later next week, we actually, uh, went up to Saranac Lake up in the, uh, in the Adirondacks and went to Lake Kawasa, and my my uh, my dad's folks were up there. But on the fifteenth itself, it says uh, it says Heman and so so I, I remembered uh, Conrad Hemond who was one of my father's uh, associates from the university he taught at, who was an acoustical engineer, and so we must have done something with the Hemans. and uh, so we did something. He died at age eighty in nineteen ninety six, and his wife died at ninety four just uh, four years ago. Um, but they were nice. They were nice people. Yeah. So we went to Paul's camp the next weekend up at Saranac Lake and Lake Kawasa. Uh, My, my dad's folks were up there, but also a week before this on the sixth, it says here, dad injured while fishing. And what happened was he, he didn't have as much hair as we have. All right. And someone was fishing and, and the fish hooks, you know, like a, like a whole bunch of fish hooks were, got onto his skull and embedded uh. in his skull. Oh, and, and he, you know, they, I, I don't know what you do. Uh, I you know when I was up in Maine uh, last month, someone got a fish up in his face and had to go to the hospital for that. Not, not with our party, but uh, at the lake next lake or next to uh, camp down. And so when that happened, um, my mother, you know, she gets all the craft magazines back then. You know, we just cleaned them out of the house three years ago or two years ago in there was beer can hats and where you would take a beer can and you would cut it up and punch holes in it with your pole punch and you would crochet around it to make a crocheted beer can <laughs> hat okay. and so my mother and and she modified it to put the beer can on the top okay because <laughs> typically you just put it around the edges and i remembered this from years ago in like like probably 15 plus maybe 20 years ago and I asked my mother to make me a beer can hat. I looked all over the house; I couldn't find it. I know, <laughs> know she made me one, so I could show it here on Channel Eighteen. Um, uh, what is it
0: with PBR? Or... <laughs> well, PBR. But but one of the things that we
1: found when cleaning out the house was all her supplies, and she had had boxes of, of empty beer cans to make beer can hats out
0: of. And they're they're in the garage, so. Uh, so, yeah. so did your father actually wear that fishing, or was well, it, it was my grandfather, just... not my father. Oh, oh it was my your grandfather. grandfather? Oh, I'm I'm sorry, miss. Yeah. So my grandfather
1: had the. So she made my mother made beer can hats for all the all her brothers-in-laws, and mm-hmm. I don't think she made one for her father. He would go, "What the hell is this? Ah, <laughs> pipe down!" Yeah. Um, but uh, so so look up beer can hats. Yeah, crocheted yeah. beer can hats.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I had, um, I had a treble hook once go into my arm when I was a kid and had, had to go to the ER because a single hook sometimes, you know, they told you you could push it through, cut the barb off and then mm. pull it back out. But I had three of them stuck in there. But uh, what I remember is going to the ER and it's like, they didn't do anything fancy. They, they hit me with a painkiller, you know, local. And then just like, kind of Janked it out hard. You know. That's so kind of a wound, yeah.
1: So we're we're having boo boo hour again.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this time, this time I had an injury to in, boo boo hour. <laughs> yeah. It's good,
1: so, so uh, what was uh you know we we you know what were you up to uh in uh, in this July of seventy two?
0: Yeah, not unfortunately, yeah, nothing to refer to. So I don't. I don't remember. I, I would have been, you know, I finished up the second grade and obviously summer. Um, but yeah, yeah, not much. I, it was funny. I, I ran out of time myself, but uh, my wife, Gail, she kept these little, not, not diaries, I would call them, but these little notebooks. There was like a whole stack of them from the early 70s when she was a kid. And actually, it's funny because there was some stuff with the Dymo labels on it, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I meant to find those because I remember just glancing through it, and there was some some stuff about oh, you know, she saw Donny Osmond last night on a show called Laughing or something, you know, and it was mm-hmm. it was kind of interesting to read that, like, yeah. uh, you know, seeing that for the first time. But yeah, but but no, nothing nothing that I can uh, relay specific, yeah. so.
1: All right. So what was uh, what was in the news uh, right about this time?
0: Yeah. So um, on July 5th in San Francisco, a team of FBI agents stormed a hijacked Pacific Southwest Airlines jet and they killed the hijackers. One passenger was unfortunately killed in the crossfire and two other men wounded. And this story caught my eye because one of the other men wounded was Victor Sen Young, who portrayed Hop Singh on the TV series Bonanza. And it caught my eye because, uh, again, my wife, Gail, she used to talk about a one of her friends, I guess, as kids, always saying, poor hop sing, and she didn't understand why. And, and I couldn't figure it out. And maybe it was because of this that he was wounded. So.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I, I never really watched Bonanza. So is that, is that the one with Lauren Green?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, what was the I mean, Ponderosa? That's, well, that was where they, uh, that that was their ranch on the show. But I think, I don't know if they, there was another show or something called Ponderosa. Well, well, because, well, there's
1: the the Ponderosa Motor Lodge in Winnemucca, Nevada, yeah. okay, we talked about. But then there was the all-you-can-eat places or the, you know, there was the Ponderosa, and, you know, like the Golden Corral of the day and the Bonanza, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think, I thought those two restaurants were affiliated, um, you know, and, and kind of, I guess, based on the popularity of that show, which you know, Bonanza was on forever. Um, But yeah, don't know for sure. That'll be something to research, I guess. So that was the one with
1: Haas and and Michael Landon. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Hop
0: Singh was their kind of uh live-in servant okay. <laughs> at the at All the right. Ponderosa Ranch. Yeah.
1: Okay. And that wasn't that on the on the coast of of Lake Tahoe.
0: Um or was it in Car- yeah was i think it- it, yeah i don't know yeah uh-huh. all right it- we'll have we'll, we'll,
1: maybe we'll do a uh a uh bonanza uh podcast after yeah this. <laughs> i'm sure someone's done one of those yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: all right um, well, Hop Sing. yeah yeah is he is he is mr uh victor uh young still with us or? um no i think he passed away wasn't it- too old. I thought it was in the later 70s or early 80s, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and who knows? Uh, you know, I, I don't know how badly he was wounded or whatever, but uh, mm-hmm. I think it was reasonably serious. So, so uh, on July 15th, which uh, is, I guess, the same day as this countdown, four months after its launch toward the planet Jupiter, Pioneer 10 became the first man-made object to journey through the asteroid belt. And um, that thing is, I think it's left the solar system now and it's <laughs> on its did way to it where Uranus?
1: <laughs>
0: I, I don't know. Did it swing by though? I know that they, these things made several stops, yeah. but I get them mixed up which one's which. Yeah,
1: no, it, it did leave, you know, and then it turned into Verger on Star Trek, the motion picture.
0: That's right. Yeah. But
1: that was Pioneer, not Voyager. Voyager was the one that was in. Did, I never saw that movie I just heard how bad it was the Did first one Star Trek the motion picture yeah
0: yeah it was um, the problem with it was it was all special effects and and you know limited on the story which you know the stories were what made the original series kind of what it yeah. was yeah
1: I, I think I read the novelization of the of it mm-hmm. and uh, but I never saw the movie
0: yeah Rathacon it, was the best oh Rathacon piece, is, is picture. Yeah. yeah yeah for sure because they had a great story and and you know, going off a great episode, so,
1: yeah, great yeah. continuity,
0: yeah. Um, so uh, also on July fifteenth, the the ground temperature in Death Valley at Furnace Creek reached two hundred and one degrees Fahrenheit uh, on a day when the air temperature was one hundred and twenty nine degrees. Um, the world record high air temp in Death Valley was set uh, in uh, on July tenth, nineteen thirteen, at one hundred. 34 degrees. So uh, that's so
1: that's the actual. So, so there, when you're walking in Death Valley, make sure you wear shoes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That ground
0: temperature. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Hot. On July 26th, uh, Rockwell receives a NASA contract to construct the space shuttle. Uh, the Apollo program had been winding down, and that was the next step. So, the guy that
1: did Someone's Watching You.
0: All Designed right. the Space Shuttle? Designed the Space yeah. Shuttle. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. Talented guy.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and on July 27th, Maya Rudolph was born. She's an American comedian uh, who was on uh, Saturday Night Live. And we mentioned uh, her in the last episode because she's the daughter of Minnie Ripperton, who had the song.
2: Loving you. <laughs> the beautiful. That's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> You had to record a version. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So uh, anything going on with technology in 1972? The first C compiler was released on July 12th. So
1: which is still in use today, you know, but now it's C++. And, yeah. And C. Were, were you
0: ever a C programmer at all? Or I, I know
1: how to code read C. And I, yeah. I've, I've written a little bit of C. Um, I'm more of a BI guy.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah i don't think i ever did much C, to be honest um yeah
1: have yeah. i've written some c code um huh. but i'm not a software. you know i'm not a hardcore software guy so yeah and then on july 10th uh jack cover got a patent for the present day agonizer otherwise known as what
0: <laughs> the taser yes. electroshock weapon yeah <laughs> <laughs> Again, Star Trek predicting the future, right? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. All right, so um, you know, what was the economy like in 1972? Do you have any uh, documentation for this?
1: Yes, I do. So <laughs> I have I have two pieces of documentation. So on the 14th, the 1970 Volkswagen Squareback was filled up with 9.3 gallons of regular. All right, and it cost three dollars and fifty-five cents. Or thirty-eight cents per gallon. This is before the uh, Arab uh, oil embargo and the Six Day War and all that stuff. So gas was pretty cheap, and and that vehicle got twenty-eight point eight miles per gallon in that fill-up. Uh-huh. And then the day before that, on the thirteenth, which was Thursday, uh, the nineteen sixty-four Chevy station wagon got sixteen point three gallons, and it costs six dollars and fifty cents, and that was thirty-nine point nine cents per gallon. So a little bit more expensive, and but that vehicle only got 15 miles per gallon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. uh, The other vehicle there, that's really good for (laughs) 1972.
1: I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, basically the the square back is uh, a a little station wagon version of the Bug.
0: Yeah. So was that an air-cooled engine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 uh Wow. Okay. Interesting. So uh, some other stuff in 72, the uh, unemployment rate was 5.9% and the inflation rate was 4.3%. So it hadn't gotten really into the thick of the 70s inflation just yet. So when you turned
1: on the TV that night, are you going to watch at 8 o'clock rerun, reruns or or the uh, not a rerun?
0: <laughs> I, I think I, there's uh, probably not a rerun, right? I don't see what is it here so so on cbs at eight we had the uh jerry reed when you're hot you're hot hour
1: not a rerun
0: not a rerun a variety show i think the uh, summer replacement uh as as i recall although what was it replacing but got to be another variety show i imagine Probably another variety show. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: and then the mod squad uh was on ABC and Bonanza. Which yeah, you yeah about. so you could on have ABC. watched
0: Top Sync on, on Bonanza. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then at 9 o'clock, uh, I would, let's see, we had a TV movie, The House That Would Not Die on ABC. I, I didn't look that up. Nah, And then after that, Marcus Welby uh, was on ABC. And then uh, NBC at 9 o'clock was uh, Playhouse, NBC Action Playhouse, The Perilous Times was a rerun. And then, at nine o'clock. I'd stay at, at CBS because it was Hawaii 50.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, at nine o'clock. And uh, even down below you say it was on the thirty. So this is weird.
0: Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um did, so you've been watching some Hawaii Five O recently. Do, do you remember yeah. that episode specifically I, or? I,
1: I didn't I didn't look it up. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that, that TV channel got replaced with like the history channel
0: yeah
1: <laughs> so i haven't i haven't watched and, and maybe I, I dvr'd
0: it or something i still haven't been. but who directed yeah. that um oh let me see yeah that was directed by paul stanley and i <laughs> i put it's a question mark from kiss <laughs> yeah. didn't know he was uh, multi talent yeah. and then after 50 was canon
1: and uh but NBC you, ch- you change the channel to either channel 22 or channel 30 in this neck of the woods because <laughs> good vibrations from London was on and it was a special and boy what a what a cast who do yeah. you like the most on this
0: yeah so this is um pop music extravaganza from the London Crystal Palace Keith Moon of the Who MC'd it and it had Melanie Richie Havens Joe Cocker the Beach Boys Sha Na Na yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that was like Joe Cocker, some of his stuff for sure, and Beach Boys. Yeah. So, anything at the movie theater?
1: Yeah, so a few things. I, I don't think I've seen seen any of these movies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, on June twenty third, Ben which was the sequel to the movie uh, Willard, came out. And that was nominated for an Academy Award for the Best Original Song in 1973. It lost to The Morning After by Warren McGovern, and that was from The Poseidon Adventure. And then uh, so Ben was performed by uh, Michael Jackson, but it was originally written for Donny Osmond, but he was on tour at the time and he was unavailable to record it. So and I remember that song, Ben, that'll probably come up in the countdown at some point. Yeah, it will. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I really don't care for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of like Beth. Yeah, (laughs) Bad B songs. That's right. Yeah. On uh, July 21st, Deliverance came out with uh, Burt Reynolds, uh, Ned Beatty, John Voight, and Ronnie Cox. And that featured the song Dueling Banjos, which uh, went to number two for four weeks on the uh, Billboard Hot 100 in 1973. (laughs) you must have heard the song oh yeah yeah, yeah the no I have, yeah. The,
1: I have the flats and scrugs lp ah okay
0: there you go so okay. I, got,
1: I got the i got it in my my record collection
0: yeah and then on uh, august 4th superfly came out and uh the synopsis of this one is the daily routine of a cocaine dealer priest who wants to score one more super deal and retire <laughs> so i don't believe i've seen that one is that why
1: you retired you scored a big deal
0: yeah yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right well our data sources are wide and varied so billboard magazine where the uh, charts come from thank you billboard magazine for websites we use allmusic.com songfacts.com and wikipedia.com because mark is the books rank in the 70s by dan isabel and bill uh, carroll and uh American Top 40 with Casey Case in the 70s by Pete Battistini. So, uh, r- really, really good stuff. So, all right. All right. We touched on this one last time. Amazing Grace, pipes and drums of whatever.
0: The military band of the Royal Scots Dragoon Guards. Yeah. I'm going to just put a link in our show notes because it's sort of an interesting story about that. But, uh, yeah, we, we touched on that before. All
1: right. Number 39. I had a hard time remembering this. I
0: didn't remember it at all. Yeah. So this is uh, Motorcycle Mama by Cat. Um, it reached number 12 on both, or excuse me, on the U.S. pop chart. And it was uh, number 89 of the top 100 singles of 1972. Casey called these guys Alabama boys. Um, they were a early southern rock setup. They formed in 1971 near Decatur, Alabama. One of the guys, John Weicker, he was a veteran of the Music Shoals, uh, Alabama rock uh, muscle studio shows. scene a uh, muscle shows excuse me what did I say music you said yeah. music shows okay <laughs> might as well be called that yeah um not much else about this um this uh, the band appeared on an American bandstand but then they they kind of broke up soon after uh, releasing this album so this was their only hit
1: all right so now uh, we're on the number 38 this song was number two seven weeks ago we like these guys. Uh, what's pop's first name it's
0: roebuck (laughs) yeah like sears and roebuck yeah yeah it's spelled the same with the r-o-e-b-u-c-k which a lot of people always tend to call me sometimes after me (laughs) yeah yeah
1: well i think we like this song um uh, last yeah. time around
0: and uh, yeah. great
1: song I, great band you know
0: I looked up a little bit more about this song and uh, the Stax Records Vice President Al Bell was the one that wrote this and he wrote it sadly after attending the funeral uh, for his little brother um, that he, his little brother was shot to death apparently but yeah yeah, he went out in the backyard, uh, his father's home. Uh, Al Bell did, and he sat on this old school bus that wasn't running, and just the song came to him in his head, almost like a kind of divine thing, if you will. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Good nice, song, great group. Nice song. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right, we're up to number thirty-seven, and and when I heard this, I thought it was thought it was the king.
0: Woman King. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say,
1: <laughs> doesn't it doesn't it have that you know Hollywood glitz or, or Las Vegas glitz? It, it
0: absolutely life? does. Yeah, yeah. So this so, is yeah, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. Uh, this, it's, not, it's a
1: cover song, I guess, right? Isn't that what, uh, what Casey said?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is "Gone" by Joey Heatherton off uh, the Joey Heatherton album released in. 1972, uh, was her first tops, Top 40 song. She was an American actress, dancer, and singer, and kind of a sex symbol in the 60s and 70s, just on many television shows back then. She also performed for over a decade on USO tours with Bob Hope, and she was in several feature films. Uh way <laughs> the happy hooker goes to Washington. <laughs> Uh, This song spent 15 weeks on the Billboard 100, and it peaked peaked at uh, number 24. It's a cover of a 1957 Ferlin Husky hit. And then in July 1975, she headlined with uh, Joey and Dad, a four-week Sunday night summer replacement series for Shure's uh, variety show. uh, She's still with us. She's 77 years old. Oh, wow. So she was a
1: young lady when she did this. Yeah. Yeah. Number 36. So this song was number one seven weeks ago hmm. on the chart, um, and everyone knows this song. I think we—yeah—this was the one that was redone by Simply Red, right, back in the '80s.
0: Yeah, yeah. In fact, so this one, yeah, it did get to number one, and um, many cover versions of this song were done, uh, some by Paul Young, Leo Serre. Smoky Robinson, among others, and um, nearly everyone uses the harmonica part. Um, to kind of proof of how, how key it is in the song's arrangement. But uh, yeah,
1: yeah, this is the Chai Lights in O'Girl. If we, didn't... <laughs> we didn't say what it
0: was. That's right.
1: <laughs> I have four letters I wrote down for this week
0: yeah so this is um this is a superwoman uh, parentheses where were you when i needed you uh, by stevie wonder and yeah this one only got to number 33 uh, it's one of the first songs uh wonder worked on with engineers malcolm cecil and robert margoleth um, who invented the Tonto synthesizer he recorded an album with the instrument in 1971 called Tonto's Expanding Headband. <laughs> Wonder at this point he had recently negotiated a new deal with Motown that gave him a lot of leeway in his own production, and uh, he had his own publishing company. So he he tracked down those two guys and enlisted them to build a Tonto and a system with his recordings. Um, Is
1: this the LP that shows him in like a big giant room with? wires and keyboards, and stuff. Um, you know, the one I'm talking about Yeah,
0: could could be I'd have to I'd have to look that mm-hmm. up. But
1: um, I remember seeing that I, I don't know if I have that one. Yeah. But uh, but yeah.
0: but him partner with the partnering with these guys, they they produce some of uh, wonders, other big albums, music of my mind talking book, inner visions and um, fulfillment. Um, so yeah, yeah. This album, I guess, "Music of My Mind," it was considered like very, like indulgently creative, um, but didn't produce many hits. Stevie, I don't know if we mentioned this, but he was the sixth most popular artist in the seventies. Yeah. Well, this one you'll hear on classic uh, radio, I think, still
1: right. If I turn on. Uh... If I turn on uh, uh, WPLR,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wacky
1: for, 102,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: Because CCC's gone. I mean, that that was bought out by uh, was sold to, uh, I think, a religious uh, broadcaster.
0: Huh, so are we just PLR and? wacky right now well yeah and because
1: because uh, HCN turned into you know like like mom rock right? yeah
0: <laughs> and uh
1: but but DRC is now the whale they'll they'll play classic rock for
0: you that's right so, so this, this is Argent yeah yeah uh this is Argent hold your head up um this one got to number five and it was uh the only top 40 hit for Argent And they were named after their keyboard player, Rod Argent, who was uh, previously a member of the Zombies. Um, This was written by Chris White, who was the Zombies bass player. And um, Argent performed the song on the British TV show Top of the Pops on March 9th of 1972. And it attracted a much wider audience as a result of that performance. They would also appear a few weeks after this countdown on the pilot episode of The Midnight Special on August 19, 1972. Um, the radio version of this song is about two minutes shorter than the album version, which runs uh, six minutes, 18 seconds. I, I I tell you, though, I think this sounds a lot like yes to me. Like if you didn't know better. <laughs> what really? Do you, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely progressive. Yeah. (laughs) Good song though, I like it.
2: That's nice.
0: So,
1: here's our friends again. Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. in the 5th Dimension. This was at number 12 uh, seven weeks ago. And uh, last night I didn't get to sleep at all. And maybe because you didn't turn your air conditioning on, Marilyn. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Because you muted it last night.
0: Yeah. So this one, uh, it peaked at number eight and um, the, the instrumental backing on this is from the uh, Wrecking Crew, famous uh, studio musicians. And uh, we talked about, yeah, Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis last episode. They were married on July 26, 1969, which means as of this recording, the, our episode here, they celebrated their uh, 53rd wedding anniversary. So uh, Marilyn is 78 and Billy is 84. They're still with us it's all married yeah good for them
1: yeah that's really really good this is number 32 and as casey said this is was put out by good old what's his name
0: (laughs) did you you hear that (laughs) i did and, and it's an interesting story so this is uh sealed with a kiss by bobby vinton and and yeah casey talked about how uh Vinton, he was one of the biggest recording artists of the 1960s, but no one knew him. And there was a Life magazine uh, article that did, it was so, 10 pages, and it was titled, he's, he's the top of the charts, um, and his record saw like there's no tomorrow, so who is he?
1: <laughs> it's good old what's-his-name.
0: Yeah, the, the point being that this was a guy who had sold 11 million records in four years in the 60s, wow. but the average American had never heard of him, or if they had heard of him, they just couldn't remember his name. Bobby Vinton at the time was put as saying, it's amazing to have so much money in the bank and be so unknown. <laughs> well, is, I think that's the right way to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, I think it's better to be... And I, I I
1: heard this someplace recently. It's better to be rich than rich and famous.
0: Ah, yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. And and I I
1: I, I got to remember who to uh, attribute that to. Yeah. But it was uh, oh my goodness, I, I forget who it was. But that's just, just in the last week. Wow. Oh, I know. I heard that. I heard that on our our friend's other podcast. Ah, okay. Okay, I, yeah. I think i think nate was talking about his son or something
0: oh yeah, yeah. okay yeah so um bobby vinton his first hit uh, roses are red was in 1962. this one got to number 19 and he's uh, bobby's uh of polish and lithuanian heritage like Isn't half he known he... as the polish prince yeah yeah, like yeah. he's still with us he's uh, 87 years old oh, wow and this uh, real name is Stanley Robert Benton, and the family name was originally Ventula. And uh, this song's a cover. The original was done by Brian Hammond, and that version got to number three in 1962. So, so there you
1: go. Yeah, I want to be rich. I bought my mega millions.
0: <laughs> yeah. What, what would
1: you do with a billion dollars?
0: Tell you what, they say it's as getting that much money can be just as bad for your life as losing it all. You know, yeah. it'll change you for sure. Number 31. So this is uh, I've Been Lonely for So Long by Frederick Knight. This one got to number 27, and it was only released as a single. Knight recorded uh, with Mercury and Capitol Records in New York before signing with Stax Records in 72. He's considered a one-hit wonder with this song. He's still with us. He's 77 years old. Um, You know was this song supposed to be in the countdown on episode three and it was missing for some reason i don't Um, recall because there was something in the spreadsheet uh from there about it being missing but uh anyway yeah it's Um, okay song yes some soul
1: so this artist was in our countdown seven weeks ago with a different song
0: Yeah, so this is Al Green, I'm Still In Love With You. Uh, Al Green, as uh, you said, he appeared in uh, our episode three with Look What You've Done For Me. This song went to number three. Uh, So Al Green commented that he he remembered taking the picture for uh, the album that this was on, which is titled the same, I'm Still In Love With You. And he said, quote, I'm in my... White turtleneck, white patent leather shoes with stacked heels and just a touch of diamond and gold. I was cool and in control of the music between that cover. Wow. (laughs) I'll put a link to that cover in our uh, show notes.
2: (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. All right. This is Wings. Mary had a little lamb. This is awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, this this is crap. <laughs> well, this, <right>? <laughs> this is certified crap, okay? And I asked the question to myself, self, how come we didn't do Old MacDonald? Yeah. Okay? And then I went to the Wikipedia because if you go to the little Wikipedia, Mary had a little lamb at the bottom has a link to Old MacDonald, okay? And then Old MacDonald has a link to all these other nursery rhymes. It says, all right, Paul McCartney should have done a record that also had eeny, meeny, miny, moe, all right? Hot cross buns and I'm a little teapot.
0: How about hickory, dickory,
1: duck. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, this is, oh my gosh. Going through all this stuff with, with Paul McCartney, all right? This proves that he was, you know, dead, okay? And someone took him over, all right? From I Buried Paul. Yeah. This stinks.
0: Yeah. What uh, do you think? I, I put forgettable, which I guess is is kind of generous, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. As you said, based on the traditional nursery on there's no imagination in this at all. Yeah. yeah.
1: But the, what's interesting is is this past weekend on American Top Forty, this song went to number twenty eight, and Casey was talking about it. If you listen to uh, it on SiriusXM this per- previous weekend because uh, it, this whatever uh the one that was was broadcast on xm last weekend was the week after this one that we're doing right now so it would have been the 22nd of july 1970.
0: yeah so it had moved up moved up. matches there oh. a notch yeah
1: <laughs> no it went all the way up to number 28
0: which uh, is okay. one notch yeah. <laughs>
1: Here's a, an artist that I never really understood, and I think I should probably um, know more about and be more appreciated for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so this is Coconut by Nielsen from his album, which I love this title. Nielsen Nielsen's. Yeah. <laughs> So this was a popular novelty song from uh, Nielsen. It finds a girl with uh, some stomach trouble after drinking a concoction of lime and coconut. She calls her exasperated doctor in the middle of the night, and he suggests she take a little hair of the dog that bit her. So Harry Nielsen, yeah, he did a lot of music in his career, a, a lot for movies. He had eight top forty hits, and his biggest was "Without You," that went to number one. "Everybody's Talking," which went to number six. That's
1: a great song. Yeah, the first one, it's just like.
0: Yeah, and uh, "Everybody's uh, Talking" won a nineteen sixty nine Grammy Award and was featured in the film Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, Um, and I always remember. You remember the Seinfeld episode where uh, George bought John Voight's car? and he's singing that song. He's like, everybody's talking at me and I'm just driving around in John Boyd's car.
1: <laughs> well, I, I do remember off of Nielsen Smealson, the, uh, the song jumping into the Fire, yeah. which goes, bum 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 Yeah. Okay. And they used to use that at after the Whalers games on, on the big uh, radio station as bumper music, you know, and huh. Chuck Caton would, would start talking about, you know, the three stars and all this other stuff. And, and it was, you know, yeah, that's, that's how I got to know Wilson? that song. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. For- Unfortunately, he passed away kind of young. He was yeah. uh, 52 in 1993 and had a heart
1: attack. We've had this group on the countdown. I don't remember this song. Yeah.
0: So this is People Make the World Go Round by The Stylistics off their album The Stylistics in 1971, written by Tom Bell and Linda Creed. Yeah, The Stylistics were in uh, episode three with the song Betcha By Golly, Wow. This one got to number 25 and was the final single from their... uh, Self titled debut album. There's a lyric in here that I love, though. It it says Wall Street losing dough on every share. They're blaming it on the longer hair. Big men smoking in their easy chairs on a fat cigar without a care. (laughs) I'm in my easy chair right now. I'm not smoking a cigar. Yeah. So uh, Stylistics had uh, 10 top 40 hits between 71 and 74. Their biggest You Make Me Feel Brand New, which went to number 2 in 74. So we'll probably be hearing from them again for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. Number 26. Yeah, so this is Aretha Franklin, and she was on our countdown seven weeks ago with a different song. And I have a note here saying Maybe, maybe Paul McCartney should have done this one. You know, Humpty <laughs> Dumpty sat on a wall.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is a uh, yeah Aretha Franklin, All the King's Horses off her album, To Be Young, Gifted and Black from 1972. The album got critical acclaim. This guy Jason. Birchmeyer of AllMusic.com. He, he wrote that Young, Gifted, and Black certainly ranks highly among Franklin's studio efforts, with many arguing that it may be her best. He said that uh, if you really want to go song by song, you'd be hard-pressed to find any throwaways on the album.
1: Even this one?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a weak effort.
1: Maybe I just don't understand.
0: Yeah, the biggest single off that album was Daydreaming, which reached number five, and we talked about that. I think that's
1: the one that we talked about seven weeks ago. Yep.
0: So, is she... (laughs) (laughs) so this is uh, Donna Fargo the happiest girl in the whole USA this was a country pop music song composed and recorded by Donna Fargo it's written in the voice of a newlywed girl sung to her new husband Um, it's become Donna Fargo's signature song and it went to number one on the country charts and number 11 on the pop charts a rumor circulated that the line skippity doodah was originally written as zippity doo da and then uh, Walt Disney subsequently sued Fargo as soon as they became aware of the song, um, demanding that the original line be changed. Fargo has since put that rumor to rest, saying that Skippity doo da was indeed the original line, and no such lawsuit ever happened. And uh, she's still with us. She's 76 years old. All right.
1: Here we get into some heavy metal. Yes. (laughs) I have this LP.
0: Yeah, I figured you'd want to talk about this because we've we've talked a little bit about it before. This is Holder Tight by the uh, Osmonds off of Crazy Horses in 1972. The only thing I, re- you know, I didn't really know
1: this LP and my buddy Adam, you know, 30 years ago says, oh, yeah, there's this uh, record, Crazy Horses. And he says, yeah, there's this song on there called Going Back to Utah. And I think <laughs> we talked about that where because the Jacksons had Going Back to Gary, Indiana or something. Yeah. In the dime, So, you know, they're all each. Yeah. Well, the Osmonds are probably ripping off the Jacksons more, but whatever.
0: Yeah, um, but we
1: know the pecking order: Jackson's first, Osmond's second, and then the rest.
0: Yeah, but I swear the riff in the back of this—it sounded like uh, the Led Zeppelin "Immigrant" song. <laughs>
1: Which came first? Who knows?
0: And um, so the song was written by uh, Alan Osmond, Wayne Osmond, and Merrill Osmond, and this one got to number uh, fourteen. And uh, author and music journalist Chuck Eddy ranked "Crazy Horse" as the number sixty-six in his nineteen ninety-one book the 500 Best Heavy Metal Albums in the Universe. Yeah. yeah. Um, Meryl was the lead singer on most of the songs, uh, and um, Jay was the lead singer on on most of the Crazy Horses songs.
1: Yeah, I I think I read that um, Donnie's voice was changing during this time. Yeah.
0: So the Osmonds performed on American Bandstand on July 14th, 1972, so just uh, the day before this countdown, and they did uh, Sunday's Child. And uh, my wife, Gail, talked to Meryl Osmond at the Oakdale after a concert. Actually, I found this sheet she had of all the celebrities that she either saw or met over the years. And, uh, yeah, she lists uh, Meryl and uh, the other Osmonds. I remember her telling me that through, through a fence after the show, I guess. <laughs>
1: nice. Nice. Yeah, it's an interesting LP. And and for it must have been a shock to a lot of people when the Osmonds came out with this.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I I hadn't heard this or didn't remember it, but I liked it when I heard yeah. it. It's fun. Day by day,
1: day by day. Oh, so this is from Godspell. The uh, was it a movie or? was it I The LP. I mean, was it a was it a play first? I it forget. was originally a,
0: a like an off Broadway. Mm. play and then it went to Broadway and then um yeah it was made into a movie yeah. so, so we
1: had the LP in the in the collection you know it, you know next to hair and next to Jesus grave superstar but what's interesting is who's doing the singing on this because on the chart it just says Godspell.
0: yeah so what they said it was done by the original off-broadway cast and and was released as a single so that's why they uh, they simply attributed it to the group named Godspell um, It peaked on at number 13, and the musical structured as a series of parables primarily based on the Gospel of Matthew. And my wife, Gail, comes up again, because um, I guess when she was in high school, she was in a production of this uh, play uh, that was put on by a local Lutheran church. Uh, She belonged to the youth group of that church, I guess. uh, Yeah.
1: So, do you know who's doing the lead singing on this?
0: I don't. It was one of the cast members, but it was no, nobody I recognized. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that song. Yeah, it's a good song.
1: Doo doo. You could have talked over this part. Come on.
0: (laughs) I could have.
1: So... Casey says, this group is English. Just like for number uh, 34 with Argent, English. Yeah. So what else did Casey have to say about uh, about that's, your boys from England?
0: This is interesting. He said the Hollies, like the Rolling Stones, had made the US charts every year except the one since the British invasion in 1964. And Casey admitted that he was wrong when earlier in the year he said that the Stones were the only British invasion group still making hits because then this song came along. Um, It's uh, a tale of a government agent and a femme fatale and it contains one of the classic indecipherable lyrics in rock history. The part after uh, she was a long cool woman in a black dress says she's just five nine Beautiful, tall. Alan Clark wrote this song um, with uh, British songwriters Roger Cook and Roger Greenway. And they also wrote, uh, I'd Roger like to. Roger Cook, he was the, uh,
1: he used to be the uh, <laughs> The gardener on this old house. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't think it was the same guy. <laughs> but uh, they wrote, I'd like to teach the world to sing, which ah, was done yes. by the New Seekers, the famous yep. Coke commercial. Yep. And um, so Alan Clark uh, imitated John Fogerty's vocal style on this and uh, the Creedence frontman was unimpressed and he tried to uh, sue them and I guess it was an out-of-court settlement, believe it or not. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I always thought the- it was odd, too, in this song. There's the comment that the guy's shaking the DA's left hand instead of the right, which is kind of odd.
1: Yeah, they're English. They drive on the left side of the road. Well, right. actually,
0: I had a, I took a trip to a business trip to England and I had something that reminded me of this song when I was there because I was riding up in the elevator. They call the lift over there.
1: Oh, is that when you went to watch them like,
0: like do, do engineering? Yeah. Oh yeah. my
1: God. That was what a waste of time. But at least you got to England.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I'm on the elevator in this. The lift. The lift. Um, and this woman gets on um, in a a tall, dark woman in a black dress and uh, she gets off at the same floor I do and she walks down the hall and then I saw her knock on the door of uh, another room and and go in and I determined she probably was the lady of the evening (laughs) and I just, in the back of my head, this song came on. (laughs) Oh, wow.
1: Well, we, I still, was a can't, bad we yeah. still can't mess. We still can't get that part right. Oh
0: my god. Yeah. Don't, don't uh, All right, so, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear it. la la la. la. <laughs> I get PTSD. Yeah. So this
1: song was number 11 uh, 7 weeks ago. Oh, it's so nice to be with
0: you. I love all the things you say. Yeah. So, this is uh, by Gallery, which I think seven weeks ago I said I swore this was Neil Diamond singing. Right, right. But, um, yeah, this one um, got to number four. And uh, on Dick Clark's American Bandstand on February 26, 1972, Nice to Be With You, which had just debuted on that date on the uh, Hot 100, received a quote, lousy average 57.5 on a scale of. 35 to 98 on the rate of record segment of the show nevertheless the group performed the song on May 13th the gallery had uh, three top 40 hits this one was their biggest I believe in music which went to number 22 was another hit in uh, 72 and big city Miss Ruth Ann, which went to 23 in 1973 <laughs> so
1: <clears throat> this song was number 38 uh seven weeks ago and it got all the way up to number nine and this is america i need you
0: <laughs> yeah you know as much as i like a lot of america stuff this one's teetering on 70s sap i'll say it's just got just enough in it uh that it's not and the beginning of this song To me, it sounds a little like the Beatles something, too. But uh, Mm -hmm. this was the follow up single uh, released off the album um, with uh, A Horse with No Name. Uh, It was their debut album, Title America. Yeah. And Horse with No Name got to number one. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I, I like this one. So this is on Conquistador by Procol Harum. It's actually off their 1967 album entitled Procol Harum. But um this one got to number 16 and uh their lyricist Keith Reed and uh, Gary Brooker wrote this song back in the 60s before Procol Harem was a band. Brooker wrote the tune and asked Reed what it sounded like, and he said Conquistador because he thought it had a Spanish sound. And uh, Conquistadors were Spanish soldiers who set out to conquer the Americas after Christopher Columbus discovered, perhaps. (laughs) Um, They said it was one of the few Procol Harem songs where the music was written first and then the lyrics. But uh, they performed it live in concert um, with the Edmonton Symphony Orchestra. It was the lead single off the live album, so that's that's where it ended up in the chart in '72 instead of '67. And uh, yeah, of course, their other hits include "Whiter Shade of Pale," which went oh. to number five, and "Hamburg," which went to number thirty-four in 1967. I don't remember that one.
1: Don't you have a Hamburg hat?
0: I, I do not, do you? <laughs> is it made out of beer cans? <laughs> or is that a huff, bro? <laughs> I'm, to,
1: I'm to number 18. This was number 29, seven weeks ago. We're do right here is go back. We had a lot about we're this. Back. Back yeah. Jimmer or Cassidy, Castor Punch. When the only people that existed were troglodytes.
2: Caveman.
1: <laughs>
0: Caveman. Yeah, so this is, yeah, this was an episode three and uh, actually helped us with our title for that episode, which we called the uh, Back in the Age of the Trigolites, uh Peaked at number four, and a character introduced in the song Bertha Butt, one of the Butt sisters, was featured in uh, many later Caster Bunch songs, including the Bertha Butt Boogie in 1975, which actually went to number 16. I don't remember that one.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll get there at some <laughs> yeah. point. Then. All right, so this song was number five seven weeks ago, and this is one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite entertainers. Yes. We talked a lot about this and how Sammy didn't want to do it, and he did it in one take, and he says, I'm out of here.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, Yeah, and I, I've said, I think, before, Sammy Davis Jr., in my opinion, is perhaps the greatest entertainer of all time. Could do anything. I recently watched an episode of Laughing that he was on. So, the Mike Curb Congregation, um, they appeared on uh, the American Bandstand on July 14th, 1972, which is the same one that the Osmonds were on, which I mentioned earlier. And on that list of celebrities that my wife met, she's got Sammy Davis Jr. Seen. really. Did you yep. meet her at
1: the golf outing here? Yeah,
0: I have his autograph on the program from that, that outing. So, oh, that's GHO. awesome! Yeah, wow. She Man. said he was he was he signed it really nice too. It's like you can actually read. And he kept saying, I gotta play, dear. I gotta play, dear. And she stuck a pen in his hand <laughs> and
1: he signed it. <laughs> well, you know what. Wonderful guy. Yeah. So this gentleman was on our Countdown seven weeks ago with a different song. I don't know what it, what it was, but this is the unmistakable uh, pipes of Mr. Michael Jackson.
0: Yeah. It's uh, I Want to Be Where You Are. So yeah, he showed up in multiple episodes for us already. This song was written by Arthur T Boy Ross and Leon Ware for Michael Jackson. His took- name was T Bone? <laughs> T Boy. Oh, Yeah.
1: Okay. T Boy, T Bone, whatever. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Um, Michael Jackson took this song to number 16, his third straight top pop hit during his early solo career with Motown, the others being Rockin' Robin and Gotta Be There. So I think it was Rockin' Robin that was on the previous. Yeah, song. it was
1: Rockin' Robin. yeah, yeah. yeah. I like this song.
0: Wow. wow (laughs) yeah what a set of pipes he is
1: alright so as Casey said we're going to play you the long version over 7 minutes yeah not the single version
0: yeah so if you haven't heard this you haven't listened to classic rock (laughs) <laughs> this is uh, Layla by Derek and the Dominoes. Um, it's interesting that they played the long version on AT-40. So this song, like Wonderful Tonight by Eric Clapton, was inspired by Clapton's love for uh, Patty Boyd, the wife of his friend and fellow musician George Harrison. But uh, Boyd divorced Harrison in 77 and married Clapton in 79. This song was modeled after a love story that originated in a 7th century Arabia poem um and that it's it's called the story of Layla and manj nun and uh it's i'm sorry it's actually by a 12th century persian poet (laughs) i don't know where i guess he knows it yeah (laughs) and uh
1: it's okay we got another six minutes left
0: yeah well i got a little bit more to say so it's (laughs) co-written by jim gordon and the piano part has also been controversially credited to Rita Coolidge, who was Jim Gordon's girlfriend at the time. This one's often been hailed as being one of the greatest rock songs of all time. Two versions achieved chart success because there was a acoustic version 20 years later that was performed on uh, the MTV Unplugged by Eric Clapton in uh, 2004 and uh Layla was ranked number 27 on rolling stone's list of the 500 greatest songs of all time the acoustic version won the 1993 grammy award for best rock song but dwayne allman does lead guitar and slide guitar on this one which a lot of people don't realize well it didn't
1: turn off good for jim gordon yeah <laughs> so
0: he's... but uh yeah this one reached number 10 in 1972 But uh, I think this is one of these that you'd agree has been played into the ground. (laughs) Yeah, as good good as it is, and
1: it's it's a good song.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's long. I I think that that outro with the piano to me goes on a bit too long. But
2: kudos to Rita
0: Coolidge if she was. uh... Oh boy, (laughs) number (laughs) fourteen. I bet the listeners can tell what's coming, at least what group. (laughs) Ever been to Winslow, Arizona? You know, I was looking on a map, and I don't think I have. It's a little bit further east than I ventured. I think my father,
1: on that trip we took in 1973, actually got a traffic ticket for taking an an illegal left-hand turn in winslow arizona
0: oh wow we, that's the only time we got
1: pulled over because we, we something was amiss yeah. after we went to uh <clears throat> the grand canyon and we we're on our, our way back east yeah. so huh. but i think it's i think it's on you know on i-40 someplace. route 40 yeah yeah interstate yep. 40 yeah. yeah
0: so this is a take it easy by the eagles Uh, I have a little bit to say about it, Pete, so bear with me. Did you know who wrote this song, actually?
1: Yeah, Jackson Brown wrote it.
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, but he did. Apparently, he started writing it, and he didn't know how to finish it. And his upstairs neighbor was Glenn Fry, who needed songs for his new band, The Eagles. And uh, Fry credits learning a lot about songwriting from Jackson Brown. It was uh, Fry that came up with the lyric, It's a girl, my lord, in a flatbed ford slowing down to take a look at me. The Eagles used this on their first album, the self-titled album, The Eagles, in 1972. And Frey says Brown did most of the work on the song and and was very generous in sharing the writing credit. Um, He described the unfinished version of the song as a package without a ribbon. And I could go on and on. About the song, but uh, Pete won't like it.
1: <laughs> no, I was going to look at the at the uh, chart to see when my fob. If we ever bought gas <clears throat> in Winslow.
0: In Winslow.
1: Maybe that's what my dad was doing. He was. He never take a left hand turn in a foreign town. What yeah. are you doing? Is asking for trouble.
0: Was he looking at a uh, girl on a flatbed Ford? <laughs> I don't
1: think so. My mother would. We can take it easy on that. <laughs> well, here's your boy, Donnie.
0: Yeah. So this is uh, Too Young by Donnie Osmond. This was written by Sidney Lipman and the lyrics by Sylvia D. This has been covered a lot, this song. The best known version was uh, recorded by Nat King Cole in 1951.
1: Yeah, Casey did mention that.
0: Yeah, Donnie took this one to number 13. It's been covered by Michael Jackson, Bobby Vinton, and Sam Cooke among others.
1: Wow, was Sam on our you No, know, out. Sam on our chart? I don't know not if this he week. has been yet. That would be that would've been awesome if yeah. you know, they all
0: did it because they're all on the chart. Yeah, but um Wilson ever do it? Uh, I don't I know. Bet he
1: could, I bet he could hit it out of the park if he did it.
0: Yeah. But uh, Donny Osmond was on the UK show Top of the Pops on July 13th, 1972, performing Puppy Love. So just around the same time. I imagine it was recorded. Uh,
1: Before his voice changed. Probably well,
0: a year earlier. But also, yeah, the Top of the Pops, like, that was very close to when the Osmonds appeared on... Um, uh, was the American Bandstand, which was, what, it, what did I say, the 15th, right? 15th, yeah. Yeah, so they, they obviously had to be recorded uh, performances.
1: Well, too bad Gail never got a signature of Donnie.
0: No. Her, her other story about that, that meeting um, them at the Oakdale was, she, she started talking to Donnie through the fence, and then this woman came running up behind her, screaming like, Donnie Osmond, Donny Osmond, and, and, and Donnie booked, because he, I guess Donnie suffered from a little bit of stage fright and anxiety, too, and so Gail said the stupid woman spooked him, and he ran away.
1: <laughs> uh, he was too young. Yeah.
0: I'm wondering, I was trying to look up what year that was that they played the Oakdale. Oh, I can find
1: out as, as you talk about our friend, Alice Cooper, who's gonna be there. You ah. still want to go next month? Or no, in September? It's September? Yeah,
0: perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is uh, Schools Out by Alice Cooper. And this was his biggest hit, getting the number seven. Um, I didn't know this. The title and the song were inspired by a warning often said in the Bowery Boys movies. In which one of the characters declares to another school is out meaning to wise up so the bowery boys were characters featured in 48 movies that ran from 1946 to 1958 they were young tough guys in new york city and were always finding trouble and cooper wrote this song with his guitarist michael bruce it was released in the summer of 72 when school was really out And in a 2008 Esquire interview, Cooper said, when we did Schools Out, I knew I had just done the national anthem. I've become (laughs) the Francis Scott Key of the last day of school. (laughs) (laughs) And it's since become an anthem for summer vacation. Um, So the chorus of children that you hear right now, um, this was put together by producer Bob Ezrin and in 1979 Ezrin used another kid's chorus when he produced Another Brick in the Wall, part two for Pink Floyd so it's a little bit of connection to that here great song, really like this one
1: yeah, I can't find anything about the Osmonds at the Oakville so
0: if I I can I'll I'll put it in the show notes you know
1: I thought this was uh, what you call it, uh, the Almond Brothers. When I first heard it, but you'll hear this on uh, on the '70s channel. And you know these guys are from Holland. That's what that's what uh, Casey said.
0: Yeah. So this is "How Do You Do" by Mouth and McNeil. This one went to number eight, was their biggest claim to fame, and their only hit in the U.S. They were uh, William Mouth Dwin and Maggie McNeil. Whose real name was something I can't pronounce. <laughs> Van Schreiter. <laughs> uh, they, <laughs> yeah, they. Touch. Yeah, <laughs> they formed in the Netherlands in 1971, and they were they had a moderately successful career in Scandinavia and Europe, but never again charted in the U.S. Let's see. Un- among their more notable hits in Europe, I see a star which hit number one in Ireland, and "Hey You Love," which charted number five on the Dutch Top Forty. They also made an appearance on the Eurovision Song Contest, uh, and they came in third behind ABBA on that contest.
1: So, um, when we got in trouble as kids, my mother would say, "You're in Dutch."
0: <laughs> okay. Ever hear that term? I have not. Yeah, you're in Dutch. Uh, uh, what's, do you know the origin of that? My mother could have gotten
1: from anywhere. She, yeah, a Dutch hub. Yeah, did, Dutch. She loved, but <clears throat> you're in Dutch. And I don't know if my father ever used it. But my mother used it. I can't believe you did that. You're in Dutch. <laughs> That's funny. <So. laughs> All right, number 10. So Roberta Flack, at our episode seven weeks ago, who's on this with somebody else, had a song. And I don't remember what her song was. But she's- yeah,
0: so this is, yeah, Where's the Love by Roberta Flack and Donnie Hathaway. And, and Roberta Flack's song in episode three was The First Time I uh, Ever I Saw Your Face. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um... Casey talked a lot about Donnie Hathaway, actually. He was uh, born Donnie Pitts, and he started singing at the age of three. And uh, I guess he lived with his grandma, was it? And then she was very musical and, and, and into gospel music. And uh, so he was good enough to get a scholarship to, uh, uh, for a major in fine arts uh, to go to the university, uh, excuse me, Howard University. And he majored in music education. He was 27 years old when he did this track.
1: It's a great song.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And uh, he had a hit with uh, Roberta Flack with You've Got a Friend, uh, the Carol King song. Yeah, so well. so do you think Donny Hathaway ever got in Dutch with his grandma? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but it's funny. When, when you were mentioning that, I was thinking as a kid, my father used to say, I'm going to fix your wagon if he was you know, <laughs> with us. And I remember being so young, I didn't know that he was, you know, just saying that as an expression. And I had a broken wagon and I thought, great, dad's going to fix my wagon. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: oh, this is a great song. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would definitely keep
0: the AM radio right where it is. Yeah, With this, with this
1: song I, so, I really like it
0: So this was written by percussionist Ralph McDonald And bass player uh, William Salter And they wrote the song Hoping that the Fifth Dimension would record it But uh, I can hear
1: them doing this yeah, yeah. yeah But
0: McDonald was working on a session With Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway uh, Their album And uh, they needed one more song And he offered it to them mm-hmm. so, And this one got to number 5 yeah. Good song a Really good song
1: I'm going to fix your wagon. (laughs) So there's this uh, artist is uh, Luther Ingram. And when I read it first, I was thinking of... uh, Luther Vandross. Vandros, right. Okay. But there's no V in Ingram. Um, <laughs> but uh, number nine, if I'm loving you is wrong, uh, parens, close parens, I don't want to be right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and there was that little glitch in the recording that scared the hell out of me when I was listening <laughs> earlier. <laughs> that one right there. Yeah, yeah. I just made it again. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. My, I, I guess my... my <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, this was uh, a number one soul song in the U.S. and it got to number three on the pop chart. It was uh, written by stack songwriters Homer Banks and Ray Jackson and uh, Carl Hampton. Other big names covered this song, including Isaac Hayes, Barbara Mandrell, who I think that was in a previous episode, right? Oh yeah. Cover
1: of this. Yeah, yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Rod Stewart did a version, and Cassandra Wilson. Um, Yeah, Mandrell's version went to number thirty-one. I like the organ in this one, uh, in the background um this was uh Ingram's biggest hit and he had one other top 40 hit which uh, went to number 40. i'll be your shelter in the timeless storm and uh he shares my birthday which is uh yep november 30th which means uh he also shares it with mark twain and billy idol (laughs) nice
1: you know this song He's done so much better here than it was by Barbara Mandrell. Yeah. Do you, do you know anyone personally named Luther? No. I don't either. Yeah. Number
2: eight.
1: So this guy's what, from Northern Ireland or something?
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, Alone Again Naturally by Gilbert O'Sullivan. And I think in the previous episode he was on, right? And you wondered if it was his real name. Um, it's actually Raymond Edward O'Sullivan. He was uh, yeah, born in Ireland, don't you know? So um, was Rory Gallagher. Um, oh, not Northern <laughs> Ireland. Regular Ireland? Uh, I believe so. I didn't say. So uh, he's still with us. He's 75 years old. This song got to number one. It's a sad tale of a lonely, suicidal man being left at the altar and then telling the listener about the death of his parents as well. Gilbert O'Sullivan denied that the now, song What a was, bummer. Yeah. You just bummed me out, man. Oh, yes.
1: don't do that.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, he denied that the song was autobiographical uh, or about the death of his father, which happened when he was 11. But... Um, uh. This was the second best-selling single of uh, this year wow. uh, behind Don McLean's American Pie. <laughs> um, I'll be kind to this song and say it's not 70s sap, and, and perhaps I'll define my 70s sap here as uh, something that's terribly self-pitying and melodramatically slow and soft. I think there's just enough music behind it to make it not <laughs> it's amazing. this, this,
1: this if, if this came on the AM radio I, I might might tune to traffic. Yeah. You mean not, and not and not the band
0: traffic. Yeah, I was gonna say the report or the uh, The traffic report. Yeah, or the low spark of high yield boys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, that that that's kind of tiring too. Yeah. Uh, Dear Mr. Southern. Fantasy, yeah. Remember when this guy was on the Lucy show? I do
0: not. Here's Lucy. But I could imagine that.
1: <laughs> yeah, Lucy and and her kids were going out to Las Vegas for some reason, and their car broke down and they ran out of gas, <clears throat> and they found themselves in front of Wayne Newton's uh, ranch. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Pretty good, and and you know, because of course Lucy was in love with Wayne, and okay. then you know. I think Lucy Jr. was, uh, you know, like, Mom, he's mine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this is a Daddy, Don't You Walk So Fast. Yeah, Wayne Newton. This song was already climbing the charts in Great Britain before it was recorded by Wayne Newton. The artist with the British hit version was named Daniel Boone. uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Had had another hit in the U.S. in the fall of 72, Beautiful Sunday. That's the one, yeah. That song, I think, is great by Daniel B. Beautiful Sunday.
1: Because NRBQ covered that on a record about 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. So this version of the song went to number four. The lyrics tell of a potential divorce with a small child involved. (laughs) Newton was famous for his 1963 hit, Dankeschin. It's funny to me, the chorus of this sounds a little like Meatloaf Two Out of Three Ain't Bad when he sings Baby We Can Talk All Night. I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know you gotta ask Jimmy to Steinman
1: about that. If, yeah. he's, if he ripped off. Yeah. So, yeah. I think Wayne's still doing residencies out in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I've been to Las Vegas once. I've yet to go. Yeah, but for me, it was I was coming back from a business trip, and the and the flight uh, was uh, was uh, <laughs> speaking of flying. Um, uh, I was done early, and Espo dropped me off at the uh, LAX early, and I got uh, an earlier flight. It was going through Las Vegas, anyhow. And then it was coming back east, so I got a, You know, this is before 9/11, all that stuff. So I was able to to go to Vegas, check my bag, I got a cab, I went to Caesar's Palace, and I hung out for four hours, and then I got my other uh, red eye home. Huh. So, uh, but whatever. I, I'm not a Vegas guy. Even even around here with the Indian casinos, I you know, I, or even. The, the one that's owned by the movie uh, place up in springfield I, I, not my thing
0: yeah yeah me either so that's kind of probably why i've never been to vegas but uh so anyway this is a uh, rocket man as you could tell uh by elton john which this was in episode three
1: number 40.
0: yeah and um uh, well, I looked up a little bit about, so Bernie Taupin's lyrics for this, uh, it was based on a short story, The Rocket Man, written by Ray Bradbury. And it's a tale uh, told from the perspective of a child whose astronaut's father has mixed feelings at leaving his family in order to do his job. And that was published as part of an anthology, The Illustrated Man, in 1951. So this song got to number six, and think we mentioned before was covered in the Speak Song version by William Shatner. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Elton John was the third best-selling artist of the 70s behind the Jackson 5 and the Bee Gees. So uh,
1: you mentioned Ray Bradbury, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I caught an episode of the Ray Bradbury Theater. It was on TV this past weekend. It was like over and over and over. And it had the the guy who was... uh, on uh, the Avengers, as as living Patrick in the future, McMillan. Patrick Mcnee. Yeah, and uh, you know, it was okay. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm I'm a pseudo science fiction guy.
0: Yeah, I um a few years back I was reading the classic science fiction stuff, and I read the Martian Chronicles, and I really liked it. Uh, that's a Ray right, Bradbury. Right and, right, and it's um it's more. It's science fiction but it's more human stories which is kinda kinda interesting. It wasn't what I expected, but I liked it. No. Number six There's a port on a Western bay and it's a-
1: this was not on the chart seven weeks ago.
0: Yeah, so this is Brandy, You're a Fine Girl by Looking Glass. And um, Casey had said this one in three weeks it went from number 27 to number five. um, And it eventually would get to number one. This was their only hit I always crack up about this song and I want the listeners to try this. It's easy to imitate. You just hold your nose and go, Randy walks through a silent (laughs) town. Yeah, the lead singer, uh, his high school sweetheart was named Randy and that's how they came up with the the name of the song for Randy. And then Barry Manilow's 1974 hit Mandy was a cover of a song that was originally titled brandy and released in february of 1972 by scott english but manilow changed the title following the success of this song so they wouldn't get the two songs confused and paul stanley of the rock band kiss wrote that brandy helped inspire the band's 1976 hit hard luck woman in his uh, 2014 memoir face the music so one other thing to mention about this song, which I unfortunately didn't contact anybody to get a little bit more detail, but the company that Pete and I worked for purchased another company quite a ways back. I don't know what year that was, but uh, so a lot of the people that used to work there ended up working with us. And they said that the session drummer on this song ended up working as the janitor at that old company and at the company christmas party they have a live band and he would get up there and he would do the <laughs> they'd do brandy and he would do the the drum riff or whatever <laughs> a, very
1: interesting yeah we should have called uh, the gala yeah well this one was number 18 seven weeks ago You'll hear this on the Oldies Channel today. Neil Diamond, Song Sung Blue.
0: Yeah. So I guess this one was inspired by Mozart's piano concerto number 21, and it's probably the bounciest hit inspired by the classical composer. But um, Neil Diamond himself said this one was, uh, he never paid too much attention to it. It's a very basic message, unadorned, and he didn't even write a bridge to it he had no idea that it would be a huge hit and that would people uh, you know people would want to sing along to it so
1: eh, there you go i so, had no idea it would be a hit either <laughs> this was number 28 7 weeks ago and you're not going to hear any words cuz this is out of space Billy Preston. We love Billy Preston on this uh, '70s weekly countdown with Mark and Pete.
0: Yeah, and and I love this song. And I I think I mentioned a previous episode that, like, probably a couple weeks ago, I was in Trader Joe's, and this came on over the PA. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and I confess, I wouldn't have known the title of it uh, had it not been for our podcast. So, yeah. But cool funky song. A
1: Trader Joe's? Huh. What is Trader
0: Joe's? It's a grocery store, but uh, they have a lot of, you know, natural foods and stuff like that. And uh, it's, um, yeah, and, and the pr- prices are good. It's not. It's actually more kind of weird, like where Whole Foods, I think, is pretentious. Trader Joe's is like, yeah. You, is it you, like you, Aldi? You, nah. Yeah, uh, but um, you see some strange people in Trader Joe's, I guess, including myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I gotta remember if I've ever been to a Trader Joe's. Yeah. I haven't, that's over, over where Sears used to be, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, in that plaza there.
1: What was that, where Coconuts was?
0: I don't know. It's, there's been some turnover in that plaza for sure. Yeah.
1: I know I've never, I mean, that's too far for me to go grocery shopping.
0: Yeah, I, I do quite a bit of grocery shopping there, so the food's pretty good and the prices are pretty good. So,
1: And you look healthy. This was not on our countdown, this is number two for the week ending July 15th, 1972.
0: Yeah. so this is uh too late to turn back now by the Cornelius Brothers and Sister Rose. This was the follow-up single to their debut hit Treat Her Like a Lady. Awesome. Uh, yep. And this one peaked right here at number 2. So this is a uh, siblings Carter Cornelius, Eddie Cornelius and Rose Cornelius, who's Sister Rose. I'll put a link to a video in the show notes cuz there's a cool video of them doing this on a TV show and they they're doing some, like, choreographed dancing with their arms. And, and the the two Cornelius brothers has some huge Afro here, Bruce. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's representative of the times, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But great song. I like great, this one great, a lot. Great song, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, here we are. Number one, this song was on our chart. Seven weeks ago on uh, May 27th, 1972, which was number 36, and two weeks at number one. So, this is the second week in a row at number one. Well, this is Bill Weathers lean on me you know i think he's got better stuff but this this must have pulled on you know heartstrings of folks
0: yeah yeah so this is uh yeah lean on me bill withers um from his uh album still bill in 1972 his second album so withers did not record his first song until he was 32 years old. Uh, he had been in the U.S. Navy for nine years, yeah. and then he worked at a factory making parts for airplanes. Sounds familiar. He worked for Convair, didn't he? <laughs> uh, I don't know.
1: I think you worked for Convair.
0: Yeah. Down in San Diego? I, I don't know. I didn't dig that deep. Yeah. okay. But, um, but uh, so this song has also been covered by Tina Turner, Tom Jones, uh, and Al Green. And uh, you know, Bill Withers, unfortunately, passed away March 30th, uh, 2020, at the age of 81. He had six top 40 hits. And this one, Ain't No Sunshine, Use Me, Kissing My Love, Lovely Day, and Just the Two of Us uh, in Lovely Day is my favorite. I like Use Me. That's that's a good one. Ain't No Sunshine is great, too. Yeah. And, Ever
1: hear the Mick Jagger version of Use Me? It's really good. Yeah. 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 So,
0: no, but this just, song, it, um, you know, they said it 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 touched a chord with a lot of people. You know, it's it's just kind of just needing other people to get through some tough times. So
1: I bet if you look in the book, you'd find that this was probably a long distance dedication in the late seventies. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I I wouldn't doubt it.
1: Well, that uh, that wraps up the top forty for this week. And uh, looking at the other charts, number one in on the soul chart was. Uh, Loving You the Wrong Thing by Luther uh, Ingram, which was number number nine on the pop charts. Country and Weston was uh, Made in Japan by Buck Owens, you know, <laughs> which is weird because <laughs> I thought Made in Japan was a record by Deep Purple, you know? Yeah, And yeah. then of course, uh, uh, Iron Maiden did a Made in Japan LP or CD or whatever, you know, years later. Yeah, yeah. And the number one LP was Honky Tonk uh, What You Call It by Elton John I can't read my writing
0: Oh yeah I have that here uh, Honky Tonk Chateau Chateau Yeah. yeah.
1: I spelled Chateau with an S and I wonder why I not <laughs> <laughs> You're as bad a speller as I am <laughs> yeah. yeah So what's interesting is the number one uh, record label this week was Epic with, uh, with four songs in the top
2: for
0: you all righty so this is the point in the in our show where we uh discuss and do our ratings and things so the first one we do is always your agonizer please
1: no mr slug the agonizer for you is going to be i thought i wrote it down here <laughs> oh crap Wife, did i even do that
0: if Not, I can go because go. Uh, no, I got to yeah. look for it. Yeah. yeah. So this was in This came down to two songs for you, and and it it's, it's getting to be easy to pick them based on just the the uh, artist. <laughs> but um, I picked number twenty nine. Mary had a little lamb by wings. <laughs> I, I, I think, and before we even got to it, I knew that you would hate it. <laughs> yeah um but the runner-up was take it easy by the Eagles <laughs> I hemmed and hot a little bit and then I said you know what I'm gonna go with the wings all right
1: I, I I found it for you number 25 the happiest girl in the whole USA by uh not a fargo, not a fargo. yeah
0: yeah not a country one fan much and then that one uh yeah <laughs> all
1: I, right you you knew it I, I I had to find it on my sheet here so
0: <laughs> oh goodness. All right. Did you do a best song of the Yes, console? I do.
1: Number five, Brandy, What a Fine Girl. You know why? Because that is a song I will do karaoke to. Ah,
0: okay. Yeah, and just hold your nose. Well, I,
1: I, I, <laughs> that I didn't know about, okay? So, uh, But I think it's a great song. I think it's put together well. And uh, it's a great karaoke song. And everyone knows it. They can kind of sing along.
0: Sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I... Are? I, I had been hot a little bit because I had some close runner ups here, but um, I I picked the uh, number twenty two long cool woman. I, I really like that song, but um, I had for a close runner up I had a uh, number twelve schools out Alice Cooper. I like hold your head up by Argent, too, and and Layla, you know, great song, but the, you know, to your point, a lot, you know, some some of these things are played so much. That's you, like you, you pick all like time. all Englishmen. <laughs> Don't you know? Don't you know? Well, I kind of had, uh, I also was surprised by Hold Her Tight by the Osmonds, too. Yeah. That was a lot better than I thought it would be. So, here you go. All
1: right. What's your worst song of the countdown?
0: Uh, So, number 29 Mary Had a Little Lamb by Wings.
1: Ding, ding, ding.
0: Yeah. That's just, that's just downright lazy. Uh, you know what a pile of crap (laughs) yeah you know this is a family you know
1: know, i could use a worse word yeah yeah that's that's oh my gosh yeah okay
0: my runner-up for worse was uh daddy don't you walk so fast (laughs) i didn't really like that one either but it's much better with uh wayne newton Newton. but but that one's head and shoulders above Mary had a little lamb. Yeah.
1: I, I'm surprised when I looked at the uh, set list for Paul McCartney at Fenway Park, you know, last month, uh-huh. Mary had a little lamb. He didn't start the set off of that. <laughs> Was that in the set list? Absolutely not. I hope not. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. Guilty pleasure for me. Number 28, coconut.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. I, I think that, I probably should pick that one because I think I picked uh, number eighteen troglodyte in the in our episode three. Which uh, to do it again, I don't know. So yeah, maybe I'll go with coconut as well. Yeah. But that's a song I, that you hear every once in a while, and I always thought it was like a you know like a Jamaican artist or something doing it. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, if
1: we had a sponsor, it could have been coconut. Oh yeah. All right. What was that? Seven Up? No. no. Well, I, I I did kind of look it up and then I forgot because work got in the way, but I think it was Coca Cola. Oh, that really? Uh. When when they put uh, uh, lime in Coca Cola. Oh, okay. I, I I I don't know because you know but 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 you're right with Seven Up cuz Seven Up also had something where they had a Jamaican guy or he, well
0: didn't they, they, there was the James Bond movie Live and Let Die and there was this actor in there that was Caribbean or whatever and and then he was in those commercials i remember he had this like distinctive laugh ha ha ha, ha. yeah, ha, ha. yeah. And he had that, yeah. that
1: baritone voice yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah 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 that guy
0: yeah i'll i'll put something in the show notes about that cuz yeah. uh, story song of the week just sit right back and you'll hear a tale a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship um, I went with number 5 Brandy and there were some other contenders perhaps uh, as in episode 3 I think Traglodai could contend and, and also Conquistador <laughs> yeah. How about
1: I, you? I, I, I tell you, you know, Proco Harum or, Harum <laughs> or whatever yeah. All I remember is when that movie The Big Chill came out and and all of a sudden Procol Harum got got this big boost because of Whiter Shade of Pale and it became like a song for the ages with 30 something people. It just it, it just to me blech. The only thing I like about Procol Harum or Harum, one of their records Salty Dog, okay? Uh-huh. It had the player's cigarette uh, cover on it and I used to like to buy players cigarettes you know when i was you know 25 because i thought it was cool Uh you know buying foreign cigarettes (laughs) you know when you could still smoke out in public and stuff (laughs) but other than that i I really don't care for proco harm
0: yeah yeah i did not to be honest i haven't listened to like quote-unquote deep tracks of them do they show up on like deep tracks at all oh yeah songs yeah yeah Yeah,
1: they do do. so my story song of the week was number 26 all the king's horses because you know what if you're going to have someone do a nursery rhyme there's going to be a story okay with with our our friend aretha so and maybe maybe i just picked that because i couldn't find
0: anything else all right fair enough So then the the tough category, most divergent, did you do anything this week? Yes, I did. This Ah, week I did.
1: Okay. okay. And this week I did because our our good friend Donnie Osmond, who's a member of the Osmonds, all right, and he put out You're Too Young, which was Nat King Cole song, you know. Yeah. You could call it 70s sap if, if it was the Mark Roback, you know, definition. And then his brother's putting out metal.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a good point.
1: So, so that's talk about divergent because Donnie's part of both of them,
0: you know? Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a good observation. I didn't even think of that because I struggled with this one uh, this week. Yeah. And I ended up with alone again, naturally versus "uh hold your head up and, basically because uh, alone again naturally is about self-pity and hold your head up is about self-esteem. So, uh-huh. <laughs> here you
1: go. All right, so what are you gonna rate this countdown? Um,
0: so I gave it a B plus teetered on a I teetered on an actually a little higher and, and I'll tell you why. I think actually I started with a B and then as I went through, there's a lot of good stuff here. I mean, you might disagree on some, some of these choices, but school's out. Layla, long, cool woman, older tight. Uh, I'll take you there. Too late to turn back now. Lean on me out of space. The Tragal song. I mean, lots of good stuff in here. So I, that's how I rated it.
1: Wow. So, so maybe what we should do is, is figure out how to do a, uh, a disparity because I gave it a C plus. Oh really? Wow. And, okay. And I think I gave it a C plus just because Mary had a little you know, lamb. <laughs> Mary had a little lamb. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, even you know the Stevie Wonder song who yeah I mean, Stevie Wonder yeah. awesome. You yeah. know, that was really weak. Yeah. The motorcycle mama, come on, yeah. you know, the the Joey Hartburn, you know, with uh, uh, the Elvis sounding song and and then the Eagles and you know school's out I've heard enough and you know, alone again. Naturally, come on. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I. Uh, what's funny? We're arguing. We're gonna going to get analysis is going on. This. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our analysis, yeah, is is going in two different directions, right? I gave it a little higher because I said, "Hey, this is uh, you know, these are the good stuff in here, and you pointed out all the bad stuff. And when you pointed out like that, it's like, yeah, there was a lot of. <laughs> but you know what? So I didn't far. look at the bright side,
1: okay? Yeah. Because the bright side, you're right. You know, Osmonds, Derek, and the Dominoes, um, Brandy. You know, yeah. Uh, too late to turn back now. What was the one by um, um uh, the Fifth Dimension? Great song. So you know, yeah. But last but night. I think yeah, last night. You know, I I, I think that you know it's pretty. It, it gets pretty tight when when the taste at the end of it is like, did I waste? three hours on a, <laughs> on a, you know, Sunday evening, listening to this. Yeah. Okay, back in 1972.
2: All
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. You, I mean, Casey was great. Yeah. Casey was, was spot on. Like he always is. Yeah. So.
0: And I, I, to your point about, you know, like the Stevie wonder song and then, and then, yeah, the Mary had a little lamb. It, it, it's, and and the Aretha Franklin one too. It's it's kind of disappointing when there are these big artists that have Weak very stuff. mediocre songs. Yeah, yeah. That they, it's just kind of getting in there because who they are. You know, right. uh, I mean, and that's the music We've seen business. that before.
1: You yeah, we we yeah. talked about okay, this is there because they did this one and it was a big hit. I mean, right. we'll get that with like the knack or or something. Or yeah, you know, because yeah. My Sharona is a great song. Okay, but you know. <laughs> The, the the one after that good girls don't or whatever oh that's a good song too I mean, that. maybe the next second record <laughs> my baby talks dirty you know yeah I, <laughs> which all was 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 like taking my Sharona and, and spinning it backwards on the, on the, on the record plate yeah of
0: so, yeah, ran out of steam there. <laughs> yeah
1: so so I, I I gotta ask you a question
0: all right, because
1: something happened, and and have you ever had a drink made with Midori?
0: No, I don't. I'm not even sure what that is. Is that wine? No, no, no.
1: no. It, it's it's Japanese, and it's it's like. Uh, you'd make a melon ball out of it or a, or an alien. It's
0: green. Oh, okay.
1: because somehow it came up somewhere. I was reading an old magazine. All I could think of is Scotty saying to the, to the <laughs> yeah. alien from Andromeda, it's green.
0: It's green. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally out of, you know, out of sight, you know, like, or whatever, uh, out of space, you know, what, yeah. out of space. That was out of space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. All right, with that, I, I think we're done.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Um, So I guess, uh, as, as Casey might say, keep the check pinned to the table and keep reaching for your wallet. All right. All right
1: Have a good evening. You too. We'll see you next week. Tonight,
2: when the bars close down, Brandy walks through a silent town. Love a man who's not around. She still can't hear him say. She hears him say, Brain, "Baby, you're a fighter."